to the Uproom Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit uproomfrisco.com. I, I don't know how to convey what's in my heart except to grab the dish from the kitchen of the heavenlies and bring it to you. Because if it was on me to convey it, the words would just like go out and fall off right here. But when we met and had lunch with the crowds, it's so important that you know the ground that you're standing on today in this community. It was not birthed from man's wisdom or intellect or desire to have another church in Frisco, Texas. It was birthed on the very words, the prophetic words of God to people. And prophetic, thing happened, prophetic things happened which you may not even know. They are the girding and the underpinning of the work. That's what we're standing on. We're standing on God speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost to people through words, images, and connecting all of it so that it could unfold prophetically and that for the rest of our time together, we never have to go back and rely on the flesh. We never have to return and ask, can man sustain can man carry us? Can a personality or a worship leader carry us? We, you don't have to question that here. Should be no doubt in your mind. You may not know all the facts or the figures or the time frames, but you know by the Spirit. I know you know by the Spirit because I'm looking at your countenance. And it's pleasant. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> Let's just position ourselves to be surprised by Jesus. Can he still surprise you? Can the Holy Spirit surprise you this morning? Can a word enter in? We talked in early prayer and I said, we're familiar but not fatigued. Let's not be fatigued at the surprise and the movement of the Holy Ghost. Let us grab, let, let him just grab our attention. I want to just, just speak in the time we have about a flourishing, experiencing a flourishing community. I want to brag on you, and I want to brag on the Father, because that's what's happening here. And I'm not talking about sustaining, because sustaining speaks to managing a resource, and Jesus cannot be managed. You try, and I've tried, but he will not stay in the box that you put him in. He refuses. He wasn't in a box before the foundations of the earth. He wasn't in Genesis when he was the word that came out and produced everything. Throughout the Old Testament, the messianic revelation of Christ, he wasn't in a box. When he revealed himself through a virgin birth, he refused to stay within the confines and the parameters of the day. And 2023, 129, he is the same forever. Amen? I'm going to start with a couple of testimonies. Because what has happened the last five years and even in our own life is just a microcosm. It's called a fractal. It's, it's a tiny picture of what's also happening all around the room. I want to thank you. And I just want to bless you. I want to thank you from my heart for walking well, 
for loving me and my family, for teaching us through observing and watching you. I saw Jesus. Our family has learned a better way because of the covenant that has been released through your behavior, what you're carrying. I may never even have a conversation with you, but the community of God raises all ships. So I have no knee pain, and I haven't for months. And I prayed last year. I sat right back here, and I remember there was a, you know, a typical upper room. Hey, who wants healing? And I, I was like, Lord, I really need healing my left knee. And I haven't had knee pain in months. I'm back. Yes. Yeah, you can give him a hand. It's not me. It's him. I'm back to playing full court league basketball in PSA. Yes. I haven't been able to do that in years. And I, yes, I did catch an elbow, and some of y'all might have seen. I took five stitches in the eye some months back. If I looked hideous, it wasn't the wife. It was a basketball player. That's a joke. So I'm free of knee pain in my left knee. I pulled up to the gym a couple weeks ago on a Saturday, and, and I don't work out often, so I don't want to say it like that, you know. But it's about once a week. I'm good for once, maybe twice. And I parked in the back. I shared this, this story with some friends over here. Jeff and his wife, and, and I pulled out of the back parking lot. It's January, parking lot's full at the gym. Y'all know that, all the New Year's resolutions. And so I park in the back. I don't like to try and look up front. I just walk. I grew up in the Middle East, so we walked a lot. And, uh, and as soon as I go to back in, I see a lady walking to her van, and the Lord just, the Holy Spirit just says, you need to talk to her. And I'm like, really, Lord, at the gym? You know, it's just like so bizarre. So I'm in the parking lot. She has this box fan with a little business sign on it. So I just kind of get out of my truck quick as not to miss her. And I walk up and her door's about to close. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Can I, can I talk to you? And she's like, you can tell she's startled. What is this strange man at the gym, you know, approaching my car for? So she kind of cracks the door. She's like, yeah, yeah, you know, what do you want? I said, I, I just got to tell you, the Holy Spirit just said to come and, and talk to you. And is there anything I'd pray for you about? And, uh, and she goes, yeah, yeah, sure. So I just started to pray. That's how you just, you just start. Just start. That's how it works. We're praying. Starts out usually it's generic unless you've already gotten the word from the Lord. So you just start out and it's okay. <laughs> I mean, how do fires start? Little small sticks. You know what I'm saying? So that you don't throw a log on to start with. You know, it'll suffer, suffocate everything. So I just start, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to move, and I started to pray against all the words that had been spoken against her, all the curses and the lies and the criticism and the ridicule. And that's when the floodgates started to open and the ministry of the Holy Spirit began to come forth and minister to her. I asked her what she did. She ran a, she runs a like handicap residence. She buys houses, converts them. She's a nurse and she hires people. So I get her number and I'm just like, she's African, like with a very thick accent. And she, after we prayed, she said, everybody says, where do you get all this money to continue growing your business? And she goes, I work so hard. I've worked so hard over the years. I don't know why they keep criticizing me, you know, and we just bound that up and closed the mouth of those lions over her, you know, and release freedom for her to continue to soar and have more houses to serve handicapped people. I asked her for a number, so I took a picture of the, uh, of the uh, sign on the van, and I go to send her a text with my information, and in the text thread, her, her number pops up. You know, we have history. And I'm like, what in the world's going on? 
So I, I, I show her and I'm, I'm like, hey, we, have we, you know, turns out this lady's a client of ours from two years ago that I've never met. And she's like, what? And it turns out she needed a plumber two years ago and I was able to refer to a plumber. And God in the heavenlies laughs. He just chuckles and just goes, look at me. Look at my son. And all of the look at me is so that you can know how much I care for you. So that's, that's testimony number two. I'll do one more. I run a small business and I uh, have... Uh, we have six employees. We had uh, a very great, a very good January. I've been, I've been sowing a seed and believing on some certain numbers that are just radical for us. You know, they're, they're, they're only with the Lord. And we had an order for a, a client called, and I had a guy on vacation that performs a certain service. And basically, I couldn't service the client. And it could have been a lucrative job, but he was a referral of another person. And I just thought, you know, Let's go ahead and force it, so we'll take care of it. So I arranged to get him taken care of. We went down there. He said he needed four tubs fixed. Turns out it went to seven, then it went to 18, then 23, and I just didn't have the personnel to cover. So we did, we did initial seven for him, and we said we'll be back Monday. And, and, and it was really going to jam up our schedule. So yesterday I get a text from this client, and he goes, hey, I really need my receipt, especially for today. And I used my personal credit card to pay you guys for the service. And I'm looking at this text going, man, we're supposed to be there Monday. And, and then my tech, one of my techs, my, my top tech, a man of integrity and honor, who I've walked with for a long time, he texted me and said, hey, those tubs are done. I took care of them. I collected full payment on it. And it, it, was, it was $2,100 worth of service with about a $400 exposure. And, and, and that never happens to me. In my work, I'm the leader, so I lay down and I serve these guys because I love them and I try to bless them the best that God gives us the fruit to bless them. But my guy just took initiative on a Saturday and when I called him, he goes, Israel, you sounded a little stressed last week. I thought I'd just help you out. He's a believer. So just to prime you guys, just to prime your faith, to prime your heart, to prime your heart, to prime your faith. Let's continue this morning. We're just going to look at the invitation into community with the Father, which is connected with our gathering. Basically, I just want a little bit of an overview of what's happening in our midst, okay? Those stories are God's stories, but they're also your stories. If we had a platform for everybody to share, I'm sure that most of the congregation would be able to get up and say, hey, this is what the Lord has done. It surprised me, it blessed me, it shocked me. When we gather both big and small in this house, we're really bent towards seeing the Holy Spirit have free reign to lead us into all truth. Some of the manifestations of this pursuit are prophecy, healing, miracles, the gifts. But I would say the greatest, greatest measure is transformation for our own lives. Regardless of where we found ourselves this morning, I can testify that there's more in Christ than we could possibly imagine. There's more in him, in the essence of who he is. And all you have to do is take a little time, which is one thing we do here regularly, to, 
Let the Holy Ghost shine a spotlight on the Son of God. And, and, and through the clarity of our vision, even though, yeah, I know we, we don't see fully, we understand the great love of the Father that would take the darling of heaven and put him into a man's body and send him to the cross. Because Jesus' essence is one of abundance, increase, transformation, multiplication, restoration, and redemption, he will have what the Father promised him. He will have you. He will have me. He will have his bride. He's going to have us. He will have us. So let's, uh, let's go to Scripture. Uh, let's do this psalm. We're just going to look. We'll see how far we can get as far as Scripture and content. But I want to look at Psalm 133. It's short but potent. This is one of the uh, song, Psalms of Ascent, which uh, from verse 20 to 33 or to 34, they're basically reflecting on the Israelites traveling up from all the corners of the country to Jerusalem, to Zion, okay? Zion's the holy city. God's name is on it. And that's, that's the dwelling place. It represents the dwelling place. So essentially, I could just take that phrase and put, we're, we're in Zion right now, okay? <laughs> this is Zion. You've come to the dwelling place to dwell with the most high and with one another. Don't forget the second part, one another. So we'll read. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded a blessing, life forevermore. There's three main feasts in Judaism at the time, uh, Passover, Pentecost, and Sukkot, okay? And these are the times when no matter how poor you were, you really made every effort to get with your local neighborhood people, the, the farms that surrounded you, pack up your donkeys or camels or whatever you had and go up the mountains to Jerusalem to meet with God. So I guess the way I would say it is wherever you've driven from this morning or if you flew in, you came to the right place. You came to the place to meet with God. And that's not to say you can't meet with God on your own, but even what Casey said, the, the, the radiant majesty of the Father inhabits the praises of his people. It sits on top of your praise. So when we come together collectively, both big and small, let's just say small groups, prayer sets, encounters, we're reminded of these ascent psalms. The song of ascent, going up to the high place, the mountain. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna break these scriptures down. Can you, uh, can you leave just verse one up? And uh, we're just going to break these down a bit. And, and what, what my heart, and I think the Lord's heart, is that your image that's in your heart towards the church and the congregation and the people of God would be electrified, would be aligned. You have to taste and see that the Lord is good. So I believe his desire is that as you, as you hear the image and the imagery of this, of this poem, that you would be drawn in. Drawn into a deeper level of community and a deeper understanding of what's happening in our midst. So the first verse, 
I'm going to read it in Hebrew also since I always need to read some Hebrew. So, Shira Malot David, Hine Matov, Umanaim Shevetachim Gameyachad. It's a song of ascent. And the same word, it says, look, first thing, just behold. Hey, stop what you're doing and let's take a look at this because this is what's good. And it's the same word told that was used in creation when God looked at everything. So, we're years from creation, but here again we have a poem and it says, God goes, Check this out. This is good. Okay? So it's good. And it's pleasant, which is your senses. I know, I, I, I mean, if you asked me 10 years ago, did I think he even cared about my smell and sight and hearing? I would say yes from a theological standpoint. But from a physical standpoint, I would be like, eh, you know. But he, he does. He does. I mean, what was attacked in this previous uh, sickness? Say it. S taste and smell, right? And then what do we do? We, they wanted us to, to mask up. I'm not even going to get into all that, but I'm just saying, like, there was an attack on tasting, smelling, and being able to speak and communicate and hear one another, right? How many times did you go and, like, you went to place an order, but you couldn't hear them for the mask or vice versa, you know? So it's pleasant for the brethren to dwell together. So if that has not been your experience, that is God's desire, and you're always moving as you pursue Christ. You're always moving into the desires of the Father. But it's not by your own strength. It's not by your own intellect. It's not by your own ability. It's because Jesus has already lived it and gone there for you. And he's pulling you because you're tethered to him as he, as he sits in the heavenlies. And I often think about, man, what is he praying for us? Like, this is, what, what is he... I think one of the prayers is, and we know this, that they would be in me and I would be in them like I'm in the Father. He's like, Lord, let's get that. I want that to happen. So pleasures, it's pleasurable. And then let's look at the word for, it says dwell. Hebrew word is shevet, okay? Now, you might like in and out but you don't dwell there, all right? You don't inhabit the restaurant. But this right here is an address of a building. But I got news for you. You're inhabiting this place. You're inhabiting Frisco, Texas, because you're choosing to sit and to dwell and to be in this area. And because you are, the forces that God laid out through prophetic revelation for the congregation is changing a city. It's changing North Texas, it's changing a region, and it just continues to ripple out with its effect. Can I get an amen on that? You're inhabiting this place. You have chosen to say, I will dwell here. And when you dwell somewhere, Papa goes, oh, that's exciting. Daddy goes, oh, I like that. These are my, my sons and daughters, and by faith, they don't just want to be fed manna. They want to cultivate and conquer. Let's move to verse 2. This is one of my, I love, this is one of the exciting verse for me. It says, Keshem anatov al rosh yarad al zaken zaken aron yarad al pi medotav. It's like the good oil. Now catch this because there's a lot of different uses for oil in the Old Testament and in worship and in service. 
This is a special oil. It's anointing oil. That's why it goes on to say it's the, it's the, it's the anointing oil like Aaron. When you come in this room and when you gather together, even two or three, there is a, 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 a reminder of consecration and setting you apart and anointing with the special oil that's made with spices and perfume. He mixed it all together. I was recently at my, my son and daughter had a little uh, event at their school. It was for Texas. And I looked at the fourth graders of Green Elementary in Allen, and it was so diverse. And, and, and they did a great show. They sang and danced and played their little instruments. And it was, it was really amazing how they're ingraining them that Texas is the best, you know? But, <laughs> you know, they're really they're pumping it in, you know? Like, I mean, I love Texas too, you know? I was born here. I'm born, not raised. But I mean, they're really, you know. But better that than some of the other things that go on at school, right? And I, I looked at it and I thought, man, this, is, this must be what heaven is like. <laughs> Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. It was like the rainbow out there. And, and, and there were even accents. And I was just, I was like, man. I'm looking around, I'm like, very diverse, long hair, short hair, beards, no beards, you know, hair, some with less, some with more. And, and I just thought that, that must still father just looking down an upper room in Frisco and going, man, I love all the gifts and the talents that these people have. You love well. You love well as a congregation. The oil starts at the head. The beautiful thing about anointing, it Just muted that. It's someone, maybe you didn't want me to say it. It's someone else anointing you. You don't anoint yourself. You don't set yourself apart, even though that can enter in. God loves holiness, but it's Jesus who anoints you. So I don't have to rely on myself. I don't have to rely on myself. I love what was spoken this morning about bringing even your struggle. That's your worship too. I mean, if the bank account is low, that's still worship. Hey, God, because he's the source. If the body is sick and you come and go, this is where I'm at. This is who I am right now. I need healing. That's worship. You're bringing yourself and presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Then it begins to run down the beard. And, and in those times in Semitic cultures, the, the beard was just simply, it was identity. It was like, Hey, I'm a man, and I have a beard. I mean, it was pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. So it, it runs down man or woman into your identity, this, this special oil, this anointing oil. And then it starts getting on your clothes. And, and it runs in, it says, to the edge of the garments. And there's a lot of things happening there. I just encourage you, it warrants research in the Old Testament. The ephod and what's happening, where the oil is actually going, and, and the, the, the situation of the garments. But... For today, we'll just say this. Your garment typically represents your vocation. Whatever you're doing for work right now, okay? Some are working, some aren't, but whatever you're doing for work, the anointing that rests on you, even after you leave the gathering together, follows, and all of a sudden you're able to do the ministry of the priest in your workplace. 
in your neighborhood. All right, the last verse, uh, let's do verse three. It says, If you've ever been to Israel, you know one of the greatest sources of water in the nation, okay? It's in the north. It's called Mount Hermon. It's about 150 miles from Jerusalem. So I just want to look at, at the, there's a separation of distance and time. And I'm like, why is he using this? Reference, because dew from Mount Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion is kind of, it's a little bit of a, it's a wonder. You're like, okay, what's going on here? It's at about an elevation of 9,200 feet above sea level. Uh, it's, it's, it's the greatest source of water, I would say, in the country because it flows into multiple springs and then it flows ultimately into the Galilee. That's where Jesus walked on water, where he recruited his fishermen, okay? So, Catch that. That's where he walked on water, where he recruited his disciples, was in that area. And, and it's a source of water. Everybody's going up to Jerusalem, right? This, this migration. I mean, the drive, who, if you have a family and you have kids, you know that the drive to church. What happens at breakfast on Sunday morning? I mean, I have texts right now from one of my kids that are like, you know, really upset with me from this morning because you start to make that migration to church or the prayer meeting or to meet with a friend for lunch to just feed on God's goodness and things just start to pop up. So it's the same as that travel from Judea and Samaria up to Zion. So you know this water source in the north and we're trying to figure out how this dew ends up falling on the mountains of Zion. Well, that moisture comes up and then those clouds move to the mountainous region of Jerusalem. <sighs> it's refreshing. That's where God commands a blessing of life evermore. In that place of gathering. So, what I, what I, when I meditated, I, I just thought, Lord... Just put this into like a little bit simpler terms for me so I can understand because sometimes I'm busy and I don't have time to like sink deep. Even though I try to prepare, I always want it to be by the spirit. So in God's ecology, he says, I see my people are gathering. That gathering is going to produce heat and friction. Who can attest to that? The worship team probably is like, yep, me. Okay. He wouldn't play the right key. It's going to produce Heat and friction. He says to himself, you know what? I'm going to really special, <laughs> I got to laugh there, uh, special anointing oil to reduce the friction. And I'm going to send my rain from the source in the north from dew to bring them refreshing rain and water. I'm going to keep them lubricated. I'm going to keep them cool so I don't get too hot ahead and start attacking their own. Amen? All right, we're going to do a rapid-fire new covenant uh, in this same vein. I just want to look at John 13, 34, because we looked at poetry from the Old Testament, and I want to look at, at, at the type of love that Jesus says, I have a new command. So verse 34, it says, A new command I give you, 
love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know who you are and that you are the disciples if you love one another. Jesus is talking to Jews. They have a history of identity and they're defined by certain things. Circumcision, one God, crazy dietary laws, and on and on, right? So he's the only one because he fulfilled the law and the prophets that can say, I'm giving you a new command in regards to your identity. And the, the new command he gives is he says, love one another as I loved you. What kind of love is this? It's the laid down life kind. Okay, so if you're looking for a measure for your love for the community and God's house, it's the laid down life kind. Because there's no greater love. That's the second of the greatest commandments according to Christ. When he responded, he said, no greater love than you lay down your life for your friend or your neighbor. And in that, in that, in that region, in that context, that, that neighbor means the people you're spending time with. It's your community. The beautiful thing is that Jesus never asks anything of us that he doesn't baptize us into. He, he lives it, and then he went to the cross, and that gives you the power to follow in his footsteps. Not your strength. Not your intellect. We bring the togetherness. You decide to get in with the community of God. He brings the unity by bringing the oil and the water to keep you cool. So you didn't get too hot on the collar. Start saying the bass is too loud. I don't like the drums. That guy doesn't use enough scripture. Oh, when he prays, he prays too loud. Why is she constantly praying? You know, because we all know in church over our history, these little things creep in. You know, these, my mom, you know it's like mama used to say, you know, bird can fly across, you don't have to like, make a nest, you know, in your hair. So we bring the togetherness, he brings the unity. I just took away the burden from you. Jesus just removed the burden from you for being able to sustain unity. He took it away because he, he lived it. And, and that scripture is shared in his last hours as he's having his last meal. That's, that's the time frame. So he's telling his guys, hey, you're going to have a new identity. And everybody's going to know you're my disciples because of the way you lay down your life for each other. So I would like to encourage you I believe that the kingdom of God is like the Amazon, okay? That's what I believe in my heart. I would like to encourage you to let him draw you deeper into fellowship and community with the people in this room. There is no lack in the Amazon rainforest. Nothing is lacking there. The ecosystem is self-sustaining. Something dies Something uses the bathroom. Something grows. Something eats it. They move on. A bigger predator eats that. Does that make sense? You may not have because you didn't ask. Even ask one another. Make yourself known. Make yourself vulnerable. There's solutions in this room for your greatest challenges right now. Through relationship, through togetherness with the unity that he brought. Let's, let's just be a community that's, that's not just content to, to worship well, but also to gird one another up and to begin to bring supernatural solutions to one another. 
This is the Jewishness. This is the Jewish way of the Messiah. This is his heart. If the pursuit of God's presence is the recipe for upper room, then love is one of the primary ingredients. I would say probably joy is right there. Right there. <laughs> I don't know how you can have one without the other. Does that make sense? Love not only for him, but love for one another. So that's, that's kind of what you're experiencing. Uh, I'm just going to close with a scripture from Revelation 21. Okay? Make no mistake, it was always about dwelling with the Father. In Genesis, it was about dwelling with the Father. In the Old Covenant, it was about dwelling with Him. In the New Covenant, it was about dwelling with Him. And in the kingdom to come, it's about Him dwelling with us. With the dimensional separation of flesh and spirit gone for the rest of eternity. That's what it was always about. The gathering, the fellowship, the community of God. Every other misrepresentation... Every other image you have, lay it just fall to the ground right now in the name of Jesus. Every hurt, every pain, every offense, every deficiency that you've seen in the body of Christ and the community of believers, I just pray that it would just be released by your muscle memory right now. That your spiritual muscle memory would just let it go. Let it go back to where it came from. It's not from the Father. It's not from the Son, and it's definitely not from the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the enemy, our enemy. We're in a house together. The enemy is outside. He's there. We work together. We support one another. We stand with one another, like we're standing with Ashley this morning and Jeremy and their family and others. So in Revelation 21.1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautiful dress for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, just want to say, this is where we're going. We're tasting and seeing right now, but this is where we're going. This is where we're going to a place where there's no more separation and God is dwelling in the midst of his people for eternity. I mean, we can't even wrap our earthly minds around it. It's only by spirit, it's only by Holy Ghost that you can even get a glimpse of the power of this seed. A loud voice saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among his people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. He's already doing the... Pro who bakes? Raise your hand if you baked anything. Some of the ladies. Yeah, okay. Oh, Vince, nice. I like it. Oh, Casey, wait a John, all right, okay. I need, to, I need to expand my horizons a little bit. A little narrow-minded, I guess. I thought that was for Allison and Lily and Eden, but... Okay, so the, Allison got a beautiful tool this Christmas she wanted for so long. What's it called? The, a big mixer? That's good. I like that. That's Texas-style definition. 
Texas-style definition. In any other state, it'd be a mixer, but it's a big mixer because we're in Texas. But she got this big mixer. When I say it's already started, he's already started the dough. It's already, there's been a down payment made. He's already starting it. It's just got to elevate a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be popped in the oven. And this place is going to burn with fire, okay? Peter, read it. It's being stored up for that. So whatever you got, you can't take it with you. Sow your treasures accordingly. I am making everything new. Write this down. For these words, these words, this promise is trustworthy and true. Amen? Amen. Just want to compliment y'all. You're loving well. This room, I had a conversation with someone, and I just said, by every church metric and methodology, this congregation should not be growing. Okay? If you understand or you've been around churches, you'll understand what that means, okay? And Allison told me not to use the word weird, but it's one of the only, I mean, Mary should say strange. She said to quit saying people are weird and this is weird because I said flaggers were weird and I'm sorry, I apologize. My wife is a flagger, so I'm in love with a weirdo that flags. It can't be that bad. And listen, this didn't pop up recently, okay? She's been doing this since I met her. And even before, she was doing it when we were kids. Her parents are back there overseas dancing and all, you know. I love when uh, there's like a duo. Have you ever seen the competing duo when Dominic and Allison are up here or someone else? And Dominic's like, Dominic to me, his dance is the spirit of the Lord. Like he's a spear, right? He's a, Dominic, it's like Dominic saw a demon. He just stabbed it for you so you can walk out free. And then Allison is sitting here like, whoop, you know, and you're just like, man, I feel like I should be flowing a little bit. And I am, I'm getting loose. I'm dancing a little more all the time. Because my dignity isn't more important than his humility. So she got this mixer, and I'm just telling you, it's already being mixed. Let's just see where we're at on time so we don't, yeah. My mother-in-law, I think, said like 30, 35 minutes. No one can listen past that. So I'm, I'm, I'm honoring her a bit. We're at 38, so. Why don't you just stand up and and... As we stand up, I just, I just believe that the, the seed now it, it entered into your ears, and, and we're just kind of shaking it down into our heart, into our spirit, man. The Bible says that the rivers of living water flow out of your belly. So we want, the, we want just this seed to go down into the belly, okay? Are you all with me? So let's just, right now, I just want to pray in the spirit for a bit. If you have a prayer language, I just want you to, it doesn't have to be loud, it doesn't have to be crazy, but let's just pray in the spirit. And let's just stir those waters because I believe that the seed needs to get down to those waters so it can take hold and bear much fruit, right? Fruit that will last. Fruit that pleases the Father. Yeah. So, I don't want to pray too loud. I just want it in the midst of the congregation. Let's just, let's just tarry a minute or two in the holy language of the Spirit that he gave us, okay? He'll give you utterance and he'll stir up the gift. Kiliatarabashokoko, Riandarama Shikiki. 
Yes, Jesus, you've marked us, God. You've marked us. We're marked by a laid down love of Jesus. Jesus, you're doing things in our midst we cannot understand or comprehend, but we declare we're open to them. We declare an openness of our hearts and minds. You're not in a box. You will not be maintained, contained, or managed. We thank you for the leadership of this house, and we thank you for the prophetic utterance that we're standing on this morning. It's on the solid rock of Christ that we stand and the words that came from heaven to establish Upper Room Frisco. Just pray, Lord, that you would take out the arrows, take out the arrows that are lodged in our heart against the true image of community, the true image of your house and gathering with the believers. Lord, we thank you that we bring the togetherness, you bring the unity. And I pray right now that the oil the consecrating anointing oil would be over your people and that it would pull us even out of ourselves because that's what the anointing is. It's a pulling, it's a meshach, it's, it's, it's a setting apart. You were there, I'm pulling you apart and I'm putting you here. And then we thank you for the rain and refreshing God, the dew of Hermon, as we gather, as we go up, Lord, as we fellowship in the Zions of the big worship here, the prayer sets, the women's meetings, the small groups, Lord God, unleash your oil upon the small groups, God. Unleash refreshing upon the small groups. True relationship, Lord. Or sometimes with this oil, there was also some blood mixed in. And I just pray that blood would now purge relationships. It would purge false images and false teaching. A clean slate for an openness to God and the people of God. An affection deep in our souls and spirit, man, for your house. Because that's where we desire to dwell. We just want to worship in your temple, God. Thank you for Upper Room and the people of Upper Room, Lord. Thank you for the sons and daughters in this room. You have surely shown us a favorable face, God.